Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and this week we are looking at a movie, an indescribable film, I would say. We're looking at 1988's A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. How's this for a dream? Very strange movie. It's something. I'm joined by Josh Wessler, who has been our Nightmare on Elm Street correspondent. We'll see if that continues. So, Josh, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing just fantastic. Are you, though? Oh, yeah. Okay. A-plus. A+. Okay. Cannot be better after this movie. That's good. So you had never seen Nightmare on Elm Street 4 before? Nope. And what did you think of the movie? Oh, it was... I, th- I think you summed it up very nicely by just saying it was a movie. After the last one, we saw that Freddy was buried. I, 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 dism- I don't know. Was he, was he buried. dismembered? Or... He was buried um, and, like, blessed. Uh, oh, blessed. That's hologram. right. Yes. Yes. Blessed on hologram. Uh, buried, that's the end. Wonderful. Everything made sense. So, naturally, this is going to be a fantastic movie yeah. because it's not going to involve Freddy. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, yeah. Yes. We're going to try and explain this movie to you, but honestly, it'll help if you watch this one first because a lot of what we say isn't going to make sense because the movie doesn't really make much sense. So, we're going to have to do a lot of logical reasoning, trying to piece things together that aren't necessarily there. We're trying to solve a, pu- a puzzle and we don't have all the pieces. And the picture on the box is not actually what the, the, the puzzle is. So we have basically no idea what we're doing this time around. More so than I think ever before. Yeah, and Ryan is uh, telling you to go back and watch it. I'm going to say don't. <laughs> I'm going to say don't go watch it. And try your best to figure out what we're trying to say because this movie is trash. <laughs> <laughs> I can't deny that it's trash. I enjoy the film. I think it's... O- I don't know how you enjoy the film. <laughs> it's, it's okay from an entertainment perspective. The writing is... <laughs> no, it's atro- not. The writing is atrocious. Uh, the writing is atrocious. The acting is horrendous for the most part. Almost almost across the board. Oh, almost completely across almost, the board. Not quite. You know, we have Kincaid and Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah. Okay. Everybody else is pretty much trash. It's insane. The kills are nutso. I will say that it's a big budget movie and they put that budget into the effects and the production design. And it's pretty cool, I will say. I think there's some really cool-looking sets and one just insane kill that's one of the best in the series. I I, I do recommend it. If you enjoy the first three Nightmare on Elm Street movies, you might as well keep going. There's something... I'm a fan of this series. I think there's something in all of them that is worth watching. I like all nine. This is one of the worst ones, and I go back and forth whether it's my least favorite or second least favorite. Do it that way you will, but I think you should watch it to try and understand what we're about to tell you. Because it's going to be tough otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Josh disagrees, and that's fine. I, I lightly disagree. I understand if you've seen all the first three and you are fully intending on just watching the series, that's fine. Like you can, you can watch them all. Whatever. If you're just watching this one just because, just for your enjoyment of it, don't. <laughs> I, I, that, I guess that's all I have on it. As far as slasher sequels go, it's more fun than most. Yeah. Slightly above average, I guess. So, on, on the fun scale. <laughs> so the point of this whole podcast is we're trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies. You can check out our current list of 41 rules on our Twitter account, at HowToHorror. You can read all those. And we're going to go through the plot of this movie, beat by beat, decision by decision, illogical moment through illogical moment to try and figure out if we need to add any new rules There's a lot to of this list. So, spoiler alert is what we're saying. But yeah, this this one's just weird. Yep. Before we jump in, find a little reviewing side of it for a little like intro part here. I, I don't remember what I gave the rest of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies like ranking wise. Um, the only one that I wrote down was the third one, uh, which gave a six out of ten, which I think was I actually said it was the best one. Yeah, you said three is the best one. Uh, you would rank them three, one, two. Yep, yep, that is very accurate. Um, and that was three, one, two, four. <laughs> this is worse than the second one, and I give it a very, very solid. Two out of ten. Wow. <laughs> Two? Oh, that's low. It should be a one if not for the ending. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Really? Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm not a fan of the ending, so this is interesting. It's the only thing that slightly made sense. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> to me. To me. 
I give it a six. This is my Whoa, lo- what? This is the lowest recommendation Whoa, I can give. I'm gonna give it a six because how my scoring system works is if I recommend it, a movie, if I recommend people watch it, the lowest I can give it go is a six. I do recommend this movie because I love this series as a whole. I, I have a blast. You don't love this movie. movie. You love the series. I love the series. I think four is worth watching in the context of the series because it's fun and interestingly, until Freddy vs. Jason came out, it had the highest uh, box office. Uh, Congrats! Uh, you I, tricked people into watching it, basically. And I, I do think it's legitimately a fun movie, and I, I do enjoy watching it as much as I complain about it make, not making sense. I have fun watching all of them. I really do. It just makes me smile every time I see Freddy Krueger on screen killing stupid ass teenagers. So. I'll give it a 6 out of 10 for being okay at best. Hopefully we can uh, get me up to a 3 out of 10 here. I'm open, I guess. All right. Uh, Anything else, Josh? No, I'm good. All right. Let's get into the plot of A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. So the movie begins with Kristen Parker, one of our survivors from the previous movie. Last time around, she was played by Patricia Arquette, and for whatever reason, she did not come back for this movie. Instead, we get uh, the actress and singer Tuesday Night. In, in this role. Not better. Yeah, she's not better than Patricia Kidd. No. In fact, significantly worse. Significantly she's worse. bad. She's bad. She's, yeah. the, the acting is bad in this movie. Is she the worst? I don't know. I don't... I didn't think she was great. I don't think... Uh, Joy was terrible. Joy um, was terrible. Alice wasn't good. Alice was not good. I, I think just for the parts that she was in it, Kristen was probably the worst. Yeah. But you just get a greater sense of just like... There's not really much redemption anywhere in the movie for like someone like Alice. So. Yeah, for a for a lead role, not good. Yeah, she's very bad. So she comes across a little girl drawing with chalk in front of the Elm Street house. Classic stuff. She seems to know she's dreaming right off the bat, and that's an important distinction with the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Because rule number one for surviving a horror movie is you have to realize you are in one, and this works on multiple levels here because dreams work differently than the real world. You don't always know you're dreaming. You have to figure that out. So. People can go in and out of knowing they're in a horror movie based on whether they're dreaming or not. So that makes it a little bit more confusing when talking about these movies. And we've, we've run into that in the past. I think it makes it more interesting. But we're going to definitely have that here. But right off the bat, Kristen thinks she's in a horror movie. She, she walks in this film thinking she's in a horror movie because she has not gotten over the events of the third movie. Fair enough. Fair enough. Very traumatizing stuff. And she's convinced Freddy is going to keep coming after her. Hmm. And I, and I would think basically everyone who is from the last movie, so you got your Kristen, your Kincaid, your Joey, I think all of them are fine not thinking that they're in a horror movie right off mm-hmm. the bat, but once it's brought up for the first time, I think they should all just be in that mindset immediately. Just ready to go? Yep. Because yeah. they know this is a weird world that they live in. And there is a little bit of like, it makes it tricky, because eventually we're, we're going to learn about Freddy is he feeds off fear. Right, and so them thinking about Freddy is what gives him power. Mm-hmm. So you know, a lot of times we talk about uh, people who make it out of horror movies into the sequels. They assume they're safe. The tricky part here is if you don't assume you're safe and you keep thinking about Freddy, you're gonna bring him back. So it's a really tricky thing for these characters, and it goes against the rules a little bit. But it's mm-hmm. an it ex- it's an exception to the rule, not not the rule. That's important to note. Anyway, so Kristen, she goes into the Elm Street house, and she's just kind of wandering around. And the second, like, after she goes into the house, she tries to get back out again. Like, what? Why? Why did you go into the house in the first place, Kristen? Okay. Don't go into spooky houses you've been in before and almost gotten murdered at. Rule uh, number 42. <laughs> uh, no, no, that would be uh, under rule number 32, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Learn from past events. Learn from past events, which is rule number 21, learn from past events. Kristen, just don't go in this house, first of all. Yeah. But she's going in basically trying to figure out if Freddy's still around. That's kind of her goal here, because she's convinced Freddy's coming back. Somehow lightning strikes and blasts her down into the boiler room of the house. Whatever. Sure. But she ends up getting scared, and Kristen has this dream power where she can bring other people into her dreams. She calls on her fellow surviving dream warriors, Joey and Kincaid, and they come into the dream. And they're pissed. I would be too. I'm trying to get beauty sleep here, Kristen. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Kincaid's great. So I wonder if they, they didn't seem too alarmed by this, like, why are we here, like, type of thing, or, like, being really on edge. So I wonder if this has happened before. I get the where sense. They, where they've brought, been brought into the dream, and it's, like, false alarms, yep. basically. It's like, every time. They, and they're getting sick of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, stop. We don't need your dream power anymore. <laughs> and late, a little bit later, they're gonna, Joey's going to suggest, hey, maybe you rooting around in here is going to bring Freddy back. So stop. She's making them on edge. She's on edge. 
this is what brings Freddie back. So Joey has a point. I can appreciate and understand why Kristen's paranoid about this because if this was any other horror movie, like a Friday the 13th, a Halloween, yeah, be afraid. He's coming back. But by doing that here, you bring him back. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. That, that's rough. Hard to prevent. Yep. Somehow Kristen also brought in Kincaid's dog into the dream. First time we've seen this. And the dog bites Kristen because he's like, fuck you for bringing me into the dream. And they all wake up and Kristen actually just got the dog bite on her mm-hmm. arm. At first when we were watching this, I'm like, oh, did like Freddy take over the dog's body or something? And like, I thought that oh, was going to be his like way into the real world. And I'm like, I don't know where this is going. Makes more sense <laughs> than what actually happens. <laughs> So Kristen goes to her best friend's house, Alice, the next morning. And Alice's brother, Rick, is Kristen's boyfriend. Okay? Um, So she's really connected to this family. Yes, very much so. Alice is kind of a daydreamer. And Rick's kind of a weirdo. Like a quirky dude and likes kung fu. He's funny. Uh, I'm a funny guy. Rick really rides the line of, I like him, but he's also kind of obnoxious. Mm-hmm. So he really rides that line. He's like your one kind of obnoxious friend. and like, like He's usually funny, but every once in a while it's like, dude, just shut up. <laughs> no um, one has those. But he's, he's, uh, he's into kung fu. And we also meet Alice's dad, who's like an alcoholic and just kind of a dick. General dad. And then those, these three all go to school, and we meet three more, or three other characters. First we have Debbie, who is their friend who's a jock and likes to lift weights. There's Sheila, who's a huge nerd. And Debbie and Sheila are best friends. And then we also meet Dan. Dan, Dan, the handsome man. Ah, yes. Yeah, uh, He's a jock. He's the new kid at school. And Alice and Debbie both have big crushes on him. But he's not really in the friend group. They just kind of stare at him because he's hot, apparently. Mm. And Alice daydreams about him. So these are our characters. All right. Well, at school, uh, Kincaid and Joey confront Kristen. It's like, hey, fucking quit it with the pulling us into the dream thing. Okay? Thanks. And then later that night, uh, we see uh, Rick and Alice's dad being a dick again. He brings some bottle of booze after work. Yada, yada, yada. A lot of, lot of setup. Yep. That's basically just the entire beginning here. Yep. And it wasn't actually... I actually even got like kind of confused at like who all these people were. Just like, what's their relation to each other? Like, Do they know anything that happened from the yeah. previous movie? Like, Do they know... Like, Did these previous characters like tell anyone that they were even in like a mental hospital? Yeah. And we, we're going to find out that uh, Kristen either has or is about to tell Rick everything. So the only one yeah. who seems to know what's going on at any point is Rick. Yeah. And it, it's unclear about how much he knows. Yeah. I think that was one of the things that was... The biggest trouble with me with this movie is yeah. everyone, no one really seemed to have an issue with it. Yeah. It was always just like, yeah, that's normal. All right, yeah. cool. It, it I believe weird. it. weird. But then there's no explanations or anything. Yeah. And the other frustrating part is we kind of know how to de- defeat Freddy as an audience, but they don't know because nobody told them. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of them just kind of running around in circles. Yeah. Um, and not really having a goal. And they're just kind of like half-ass their way into stuff and yeah. die. It's weird. Not well written. So Kincaid ends up falling asleep that night, and he wakes up in the junkyard from the previous movie. And his dog is there. His dog is digging up something. And then Kincaid's like, what are you doing, dog? And the dog growls at him and then lifts up his leg to pee and pisses fire for some reason. Just yep. a stream of fire. And this fire causes, like, the earth to move and Freddy to resurrect? Yeah, it splits open the ground, almost kind of like an earthquake. an earthquake a little bit, and it splits open, and there's this giant, like, pit, kind of? I can't even tell, and it opens, and then you see, like, the bones laying there, and you see the bones start to move together, and then they all connect together, and then, like, his eyes fill in, and his flesh fills in, and everything just starts to build around the skeleton, I guess. And Freddy's back. Because of dog piss fire. <laughs> yep. This makes no sense. Why would a no. dog pissing fire bring Freddy back from his hallowed ground burial? Is this ever explained? No. Anywhere. Not in this movie, in Never. the rest of the series, Never. in some random like fan forum online. Oh, uh, within the context of the series, it's never addressed again. It's just fantastic. We're here. Now, here is my theory. Because we're gonna like I said earlier, Freddy feeds off fear. That's how he gets his power. And by thinking about him, that brings him back. So I think Kristen talking about him so much made Kincaid and Joey maybe a little bit on edge. And this is just manifestation of their paranoia. So I don't know why it had to be dog fire, but it's literally just them thinking about Freddy and giving him enough power to come back to life. And for whatever reason, Freddy decided to do this via dog piss fire. Sure. I think it's just a metaphor of their, or a manifestation of their fear and paranoia that Freddy's back. Sure. That's all I have. <laughs> I don't know what you think about the that. The dog is the key. The dog is the key to everything. 
Sure. <laughs> it's, it's all we have. But anyway, Freddy's back. Kincaid, rule number one, you're in a horror movie. Yep. Rip. Surprise. So Kincaid immediately just runs away. Because the last time they fought Freddy, even with their dream powers, they were no match for him. And oh. the only reason they won is because they had a guy in the real world doing the important work. Yeah. So Kincaid knows... I'm all by myself. I'm pretty screwed. I gotta like just hold him off until I can wake up, basically. That's that's all you can do at this point. Yeah. As far as he knows. So he does get the drop on Freddy and drops a car on him. Because Kincaid does have super strength. And just oh yeah, that's right. Drops a car on him. Great, great, great start. But then all the cars like are starting to come to life. And Kincaid takes off running, but he gets trapped, all the cars like move and block his escape. So he's just trapped. Freddy ends up stabbing him to death, and that's the end of Kincaid. What a way to go. Yep. As far as rule violations go, I really don't have anything for Kincaid. The only thing that I can think of is he was didn't really take more initiative with like trying to just run. And yeah. he didn't really use his powers too much. Yeah. Like he used it once and then you went through this entire thing in the last movie. Yeah. And you know that you have these abilities basically to do whatever you want. Yeah. Use it. Could have done a little bit more maybe. You, I think you 100% could have done more. Yeah. Like, okay, cars trap you in. You have super strength. Push them out of the way. Yeah, so I guess he kind of <laughs> just lets yeah, lets himself get cornered and doesn't make a move after. Doesn't try yeah. anything. So I guess if we have anything for Kincaid, rule 17 is never give up the next thing you try might work. But, yeah, I think that's a really good one. Try and lift the car away, and maybe Freddy will stab it, you in the back anyway, but at least yeah, you tried. It, honestly, none of this will probably end up mattering. No. You'll probably end up dying anyways, yeah. but Go ahead, fight just him. try. Just do more. You never know. Yeah. The rest in peace to the best character. Yeah, in the we movie. lose the best character of the movie first, and that sucks. It's a damn shame. Yep. Meanwhile, we cut to Kristen. She's staying awake. She's drinking a bunch of pop and just staying awake. Because I think Freddie would have gone after her now, but yeah. she's awake. So instead, he's got to settle for Joey, who's uh, who falls asleep, and he finds a naked hot chick in his waterbed, just swimming around inside of his waterbed. Classic Her- Joey. Joey's a bit of a horn dog. She disappears, and Freddie appears and stabs Joey to death. Yep. Joey had no chance. No. He didn't even realize he was in a horror movie until Freddy was, like, stabbing him. Yep. He's like, oh, I'm here, and mm, drowning. Dead. And stabbed, and blood in the water. Yep. So I, I, got, I really got nothing for Joey. Again, maybe you can do something with your powers. Yeah. You knew this from the last movie. Um, you had maybe, like, a split second to, what was his, like, a sonic, like, scream Yeah, type but Freddy was underwater, so maybe. That. Ah, sure. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but his An- m- Another case of... Just try something. Sure. Uh, less, less of an extent than Kincaid. Yeah. He had less of a chance than Kincaid. But his mom ends up buying Joey's body in the waterbed, but it hasn't been punctured. Don't know how that's possible, but sure. I, 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 have, I have nothing for this because Freddy's kills in the past, like, have made sense and have, like, reflected accurately in the real world whenever that happens. Yep. Even if it's not exactly the same, it's reflected fairly evenly in the in the real world. Yep. This one is just like n- um what? No. That's impossible. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. That is literally impossible. How did this happen? So Good luck solving that one, cops. Yeah, I'm uh I'm glad we're at least consistent in this movie. Not. <laughs> so the next day, Kristen is worried cuz she can't find Kincaid and Joey at school. But she ends up talking to Alice a little bit and they talk about dreams. And Alice how, tells her there's a rhyme her mom used to tell her. About the Dream Master. And we don't hear the rhyme until the end of the movie, and it's a stupid fucking rhyme. But basically, it, rem- it reminds Alice that it's a dream, you have control of it. Which is something everybody in this series needs to learn. Yeah. For real. They go to class, Kristen sees Kincaid and Joey are not in school. She assumes they're dead, rightly so. Yep. And she, like, falls backwards and hit her head, hits her head on a wall and gets knocked out. She wakes up in the nurse's office, and it's Nurse Freddy who's like, I'm gonna draw some blood! It's stupid. Sure. Okay. Take a drink. <laughs> yeah, take a drink every time Freddy has a dumb one-liner in this movie, and you will not survive the film. <laughs> so Kristen wakes up for real, and she's actually in the nurse's office for real this time. And you get the exact same lines. Yep. Uh, but it's not Freddy. Okay, this, this, this is another weird scene. We have this small-town diner. Alice and Debbie both work there. Dan shows up. For some reason, he's just there. Basically, Kristen... We get some, like, pointless dialogue, whatever. But Kristen and Rick show up and with the news about Kincaid and Joey's death. And they're like, come on, come with us. And obviously, <laughs> Alice goes with because, you know, best friends. For some reason, Dan goes with. He doesn't even, like, know these people. He's, like, acquainted... He's acquainted with Rick. And he goes with. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, I know why. It's because they're trying to force this. Yeah. And they don't know how to write it in. Yes. And they're just like, we're going to push this along and... You're just going to watch it anyways because it's part of a classic series. So yeah. 
eat this shit movie. Yep. <laughs> so he goes with, and they all go to the Elm Street house, and Kristen kind of explains very crazily what's going on, how Freddy's come for him. She sounds like a complete lunatic. Yeah. And Dan's like, what? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Dan, I don't, first of all, we already said we don't know why you're here. But after this, I don't know why you're still here yeah, again. <laughs> and he's like, wait, what is going on? And Rick's like, all right, so here's the backstory. And he, he tells us all about Freddy Krueger, about how the parents killed him, and then how he somehow comes back in dreams, yada, yada. Dan's like, what? <laughs> it's still just, uh... And it all makes sense. Like, you t- you tell him the story, everything makes sense. So, yeah, there's this dude who did stuff to kids, and then they burned him. It's just like, oh, okay. well, that's a pretty crappy part of this town's history. And then it's just like, oh, yeah. And then, like, he comes back and kills you in your dreams. It's like, uh, Dan, rule number 11, get out. <laughs> these people are crazy. I would say, even if you're not in the horror movie that they're describing, maybe you're in a horror movie with these people because they're insane. Yeah, yeah. If I'm Dan, I'm, maybe they're trying to kill you. Do not hang out with these people, Dan. <laughs> this is a bad crowd you run into. Just go be with your jock friends and play some football. You have the smallest ties to these people. No one to cut them. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a big one. But unfortunately, once Freddy's in your head, you can't get rid of him. So Dan's in the movie now. Hey. He's not going to go get out. That's the that's the bummer. The second you hear Freddy Krueger's name, you're screwed. You're just... You're well, uh, and, and I, I think that's my other issue with this is I, I get that logic of it, that it's built off of fear, and then that's how he can get to you. But I feel like that's disregarding some of the first movies because the first movies, the, well, the first and the third movie, it's completely based around the Elm Street yes. kids. And it's all, like, the third one was completely based off of, hey, we're the, like, we're the Elm Street kids. He's coming back to kill us because he wants to eliminate us. And now this is jumping just in a, to an entirely different place in yep. just this whole idea of Freddy Krueger. Yep. And it's just... He needs more people to kill. This is how he spreads. He's like which, a virus. Sure. Every, we, we gotta every, make these every, sequels, Josh. Every series has to make these jumps if they're gonna wrap up a movie and for some reason resurrect him and kill a bunch of people again. But... What I'm saying is this was never explained. It's yeah, never oh, no. explained that it's built off of fear. It's explained in the sequels. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, right. Do it in this movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You're 100% right. Even if you wait until the very end of the movie to explain it, fine. Yeah. But at least do it in this movie. Because if I didn't have you right here in front of me, I would watch this movie and probably never watch another Elm Street movie if I had no reason to. That's fair. Because it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It absolutely does not make sense. So Kristen's mom shows up, uh, this bitch from the last movie. Uh, it's like, Kristen, go home. On delay. And so Kristen goes home. One other thing. So, Kristen, you are directly putting other people in danger. Yes. What do you do? Because okay. for me, it's it's not for your own survival, but it's for other people's survival yep. of c- actually cutting ties and just being by yourself. You pull the Nancy method and you go like do like research or something like yeah. that and just kind of put yourself away from these people. So I'm going to throw a lot of criticism at Kristen in this movie. Rule number 21 is learned from past events. What has worked before? Hypnocell. Okay, try and find a way to get that drug. Because it still exists. And you know about it. You Nancy know about told it. you about it. Two, go to the graveyard in real life. Go to the junkyard in real life. See what's going on there. Maybe get some more holy water. I'm sure, I don't know. I'm sure you know exactly, maybe not exactly where it is, but... You you know the details of it. Dr. Gordon knows. I'm sure you have a way to contact him. Yep. Call him in. Get some more help. Freddy's back. He's involved, too. I, I, I don't know. It, what Kristen does makes zero sense. Yeah. Uh, logic is out the window for her character. And you completely throw away the de- any, any small development from the previous movie. Yep. And to be fair, she might not know she's putting other people in danger yet. She doesn't know that Freddy can spread to non-Elm Street people. True. But she's going to find that out and still put people in danger. Yeah. Kristen sucks. In this movie. She's trash. Really sucks. Uh, really really took a turn for the worse. Yeah. Definitely a front runner for Night of the Living Club. Yeah. Um, so she goes home. And they, she and her mom have dinner. And Kristen realizes she's been drugged. Uh, mom put sleeping pills in her drink. Probably not the best move, Mom. No. Nope. Don't drug people. Rule number four. Don't be a menace. <laughs> don't drug your daughter. <laughs> don't drug your daughter. She's got to work through this on her own. Even if you do think she's just sick, I don't think just drugging people is the way to go. Yep. You know, yeah. Get a medical professional to do that. That's not really your call. Definitely not. Yeah. And then you even have this exchange just in lines back and forth between Kristen and her mom of just... Kristen just comes out and says basically, like, because of your mistakes, like, this dude's after me again. The mom basically just says just like, oh, you're just tired. She's the worst. We've been over this. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. Again. 
any development that anyone had had previously is completely thrown out the window. Gone. Which I hate in movies. Yep. So then, this is another weird scene that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. So Kristen feels dizzy. She goes upstairs. She knows she's passing out, about to fall asleep. So what does she do? She tries to put on a jacket, and then can't put it on and drops it on the floor and leaves it there. And then she goes to her dresser and opens it and looks for stuff, but we don't know what she's looking for. It doesn't actually find anything. And then she stops. <laughs> and then she goes over her phone and tries to call Alice, but can't like finish the call. And that, that one makes sense. Okay, sure. Yep. I don't know what else you do at this point. You're kind of screwed. But why did she try to put on the jacket and just dig through her dresser drawers? It doesn't make sense. I don't know. Because if she was looking for a phone, it, maybe it's in a drawer for some odd reason. I don't know if you hide a phone in your jacket for some weird reason. I mean, nowadays, yeah. Maybe, but yeah. this is 88. And cords. <laughs> True. Uh, it, it's bonkers. Yeah, it's, none of this makes sense. It doesn't make sense. But uh, she remembers what Alice said to her. Remember, you're in control. Be the dream master. Whatever. So she... It's like, I'm going to dream myself to a nice place. And she does. She wakes up on a beach. Congrats. Everything's fine. Except rule number 33 is never assume you're safe. If you're now in the dream world, which you know, she's like, thanks, Alice. Okay, great. Alice's voice. You've imagined yourself into a nice place. Well, that doesn't mean Freddie can't still show up. Like, why would you just like lay back and work on your dream tan? This doesn't make sense. Which is what she does. And of course, Freddie shows up in the form of like a shark. And then, like, explodes in the room. Yeah, it, he was a shark, and his um, his fin was his, his, his knives. knives. And then he comes ashore and, like, blows up a sandcastle and takes his real form. Whatever, sure. He knows how to yeah. make an entrance. And this is just more uh, more of a knock that I just need to mention on Kristen, because you you went through the entire dream world, and you would, in, in the last movie, and you know how to recognize it, and you know when you should be on guard, and that you can use your powers and everything, and, and, and all this stuff. Yep. And I, I, I could complete, I could write all of it off if she didn't say that right away at the beginning of the dream. Yeah. That she just said, oh, thanks, Alice. You're in that a dream. Is, that is them saying, oh, she recognized that she's in a dream. God damn it. And <laughs> So Kristen runs away. And she gets stuck in, like, quicksand. And, like, Freddy steps on her, putting on some shades. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> and pushes Kristen underneath the sand, and she ends up in that, that Elm Street house. Sure. Yeah. Okay, whatever. But she goes down to the boiler room, and Freddy's there, and he's like, hey, how about you call in some help? That's a good idea you should do. And because Freddy, this is the last person he has, like, free access to, the last Elm Street kid. So he is trying to get her to call more people in. If she brings people into her dream, they see Freddy, they become afraid of him, and now Freddy can go after them. That's that's Freddy's goal in this movie is to get more people brought in. She's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And he's like, no, do it. No, I'm not going to do it. And then, for whatever reason, she calls Alice's name, and Alice is in the movie. Why? Why would you do that? This is such a stretch. Rule number four, don't be a menace. I guess, yeah. 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 Don't don't bring other people into your business. Don't, don't, don't bring other people into murderous dreams. Yeah, it's a dick move, Kristen. Don't be a menace. So Alice is, like, in the boiler now. She's, like, the, the be- I think the best acting in this movie, besides Freddy Krueger and Kincaid, is Alice's reactions in this dream. She's, like fuck is going on just her face looking around like what What? (laughs) that's the best acting in the movie so Kristen's like oh Alice I'm sorry I shouldn't have done this then why did you do it okay so Kristen attacks Freddy and he just yeets her right into a a furnace and so she starts on fire okay so Kristen you're, you're dying so the last thing Kristen does is she's like Alice use my power and tosses like some Dragon Ball bullshit. <laughs> yeah, she just throws this um, this magic ball, whatever. <laughs> but this is what's important. It and it took me forever to figure this out. It bounces through Freddy first, and then it hits Kristen, or it hits Alice. So basically, what just happened is Alice is now going to have the power to bring people into her dreams. But she absorbed a little bit of Freddy's power on the way because anytime somebody dies throughout the rest of this movie, Alice absorbs part of their personality, part of their traits. Oh, kind of like Freddy does, because Freddy absorbs the souls of everyone he kills, and now Alice is kind of going to do that too. Gotcha. Yeah, it took me forever to realize that. I was like, "Wait, what is going on?" But I mean, that 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 just gives me more reason to say that it's a bad movie. Yes, like, it, it's, it's very not unclear. explained. But here's here's another thing I want to throw at Kristen. Why would you give Alice this power? Okay, great. You just screwed Alice. Alice is going to die. But by giving her your power, all you're going to do is just prolong the inevitable and just allow Alice to keep bringing people in. Like, yep. uh, if you hadn't given up your power, Alice dies, and that's it. That's the end. That's the end of the movie. That's yeah, the sorry. Sorry, Alice. You're dead. You know, greater good, but 
she passes on this power. Rule number 32, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. <laughs> what is the best case scenario here? Alice somehow does what you couldn't do and kills Freddy, but she has no information. She knows nothing about this guy. You know a ton, and you still couldn't beat him. You had the entire Dream Warriors, and you couldn't beat him. What is Alice going to do? Beat him somehow, I guess. Yeah, but, somehow. I mean, but, you know, 99 times out of 100, this is just going to be a catastrophic fail. Yeah, you could you could end it all. You could theoretically end it all right here. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't actually end because they would just make another movie and have it just written out. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, but if we're going off based off logic and what yeah. we know. Ah, yes. Using logic in Nightmare on Elm yep. Street 4. We're trying here. Kristen, you suck. <laughs> You're just prolonging this series, which I'm happy about because I love these movies, but... Don't be a menace. <laughs> Don't give them more more sequels to me. <laughs> but Kristen ends up dying. Alice wakes up and she tells her brother and they run over and Kristen's on fire and she's dead. Good riddance. Yeah. She's, she was trash. I, I was completely okay with this stuff. Yeah. So she does so many things wrong. I, it, I don't even know where to start. Like, she knows she's in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's like the one thing she does right, but she's a menace. Not only does she know she's in a horror movie, but she has been in this horror movie before. Yep. And she fails to learn from past events. Ah, it's it's so bad. She's a menace multiple times. Multiple times. Uh, she plays many stupid games and definitely wins a stupid prize. It's 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 all bad. It's all bad. She does va- basically nothing right. No. I, I, I can't think of one thing that she did right here. Yeah. It, it's so bad. Whatever. Stupid. Uh, so Alice and Rick kind of bond over this. And Alice is now talking about Freddy. And <laughs> they, they, kind of, they kind of bond over this. Yeah, over mean, we, girl, we get a sibling. Over know, girlfriend and best friend friend's death. death. Just, oh yeah, kind of bond. <laughs> but Alice starts talking about nightmares and Freddy's. And Rick's like, I don't want to hear it. I heard all this before. I'm just kind of done with this shit. So stop. And that's like the most we ever get from Rick about how much he knows. It, it's unclear. Yeah. I, we don't know how much Rick knows. But anyway, Alice and Sheila who is a character in this movie, if you remember. Who? The nerdy girl. Uh, they meet in the bathroom. They're kind of hanging out. I didn't even write her name down. <laughs> um, and Sheila has stayed up all night studying, so she's really tired. There's an exam going on today. But Sheila shows Alice this device she built, which is designed to scare bugs away, because Debbie, the workout chick, is scared of bugs. Okay. And Alice has started smoking, even though she doesn't smoke. Kristen's always smoked. And she's like, wait a second, I don't smoke. What? <laughs> Yeah, and the, I guess one, one other thing about this movie is there's a lot of characters talking to themselves mm-hmm. to explain things. Sloppy. And that's so bad. Yeah, it's sloppy. <laughs> you get you get it from many different characters. Yep. So we get we go to class, We t- they're taking this exam, and Alice and Sheila both fall asleep. Alice accidentally brings Sheila into her dream. Which doesn't make sense, because I, I don't get why Sheila fell asleep. But Well, they, they mentioned that she was really tired from studying all night. I suppose. So, it, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> There's other things to complain about with this movie. This <laughs> is not, not one of them. Fair. So, like, the words on her test start, like, swirling around, and all of a sudden blood is leaking out of her pen, and then a robot arm comes out of it and, like, grabs her face and shakes it around and then disappears. I don't know why that was in the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but they're, like, freaking out, and these metal bars come out of their desks, and they're both trapped. Mm-hmm. So Meanwhile, everyone else around them is still taking their test. Which is kind of a cool dream yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. This movie has a few really, really cool surreal visuals, and this is one of them. Especially when you think about just like dreams or nightmares that you've had just yourself. So like the running through sand, like she gets stuck in quicksand, or like here, like something's happened to you, but no one else around mm-hmm. you is paying attention to it yeah. or you know, can see it. There's a couple of cool moments like that, which yeah. I like. And then Redeeming I re- qualities! Re- very few <laughs> and far between, but they're here. And Freddy has taken the teacher spot. He's at the front of the class. And so he walks up to Sheila. Cutting an apple. Cutting an apple. With, with his finger blades. Yes. And goes to Sheila and says, Wanna suck face? She's like, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> this would have been so much better if she wouldn't have responded. Because it was just, wanna suck face? And then just does it. But instead you get, wanna suck face? And just, no. <laughs> No, that makes it. That makes it. That's, no, it makes it so, it so much, much worse. That makes it so much better. So Freddy grabs her and just plants one on her and just starts sucking. And basically, in the dream, he sucks all the air out of her until she's like a deflated balloon. Yeah, I couldn't tell if he was sucking the air out of her, or sucking the soul out of her. Like, Same thing, probably. Yeah. Kills Sheila, and in the real world, it, it appears she dies from an asthma attack. Yeah. So for Sheila, she didn't realize she was in a horror movie until it was too late. Yeah. She had no idea what was going on. She's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, this is a thing? We never see her have a conversation with Kristen the whole movie, so it's not like she knows what's going on at all. Yeah. She was trapped in her own desk. She's like this wimpy, nerdy girl who doesn't even know anything about dream powers or anything. She had no chance. Yeah. Rip Sheila. 
feel bad for her. Doesn't make sense. I guess we're here now, but uh, Alice ends up taking that bug device from her corpse. <laughs> Loots the body. That's right. Yeah, loots the body. She just picks it up next to her, just like, oh, very nice. <laughs> so Alice is kind of having a meltdown about this. And, and Rick Rick has now realized he's in a horror movie, too. He's a believer now. He thinks that, yeah, we're, we're screwed. Ah, congratulations, Rick. You are definitely not in trouble now. You believe in Freddy. Yep. So Alice and Rick are rule number one. They know they're in a horror movie. So later on, a couple, a day or two later, Dan arrives at the diner and where Alice is working. And Alice is stopped sleeping sleeping and her goal is she's like she knows now like if i sleep people will die great you're a step better than Kristen already <laughs> so she's her goal is to not sleep okay that's a great Good job. short-term plan what's your long-term plan alice yeah there's none she doesn't have one but to be fair she doesn't know anything no she, i mean it's kind of like the same thing from like the first movie yeah. um like people like people basically are just like i can't go to sleep but had exact same thing didn't have a plan yep didn't end up working out well yeah and so how did Nancy figure out how to defeat Freddy in the first movie? Well, she you know she made all these booby traps, tried to fight. They don't really work. But it's like a, an offhand comment from Johnny Depp's character it says, "Yeah, you just got to turn your back on him." Well, unfortunately, Alice doesn't really have a Johnny Depp to give them dream advice. Ah, uh, if only she did. Yep, we all need a Johnny Depp. Also, low key, Dan is still here. Yeah, Dan's a, Dan's <laughs> a character in this movie for some reason. <laughs> Well, I was going to say more like, Dan, get out. Yeah, Dan, it's time to go. And he's Yet like, another person is dead in this random town that you just moved to. Yeah, Dan, and maybe just you and your family need to leave. <laughs> and uh, Dan's like, okay, so let's say this is real for a second. Why is Al- why is Freddy like, after you or whatever? And this is where Alice kind of explains, like, he needs me to bring people into the dreams. So that's kind of what Freddy's doing. He's just using Alice as a tool. And then Dan goes on a date with a random chick. Like, oh, okay, uh, you just stopped on... On your date? To, is it, uh, wait, he was, is that what he was doing? Yeah, he was going to the drive-in with some random girl who's not a character. <laughs> and he just stopped in to like, get some gum and talk to Alice for a bit. Who and, he obviously is thinking about? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Dan, don't do it. Yeah, Dan, don't do it. Dan, Dan run. Get out. You just met her. Yeah. <laughs> the next day, a Rick has stopped sleeping as well. And Dan's like talking to him in the locker room. And Rick's like, yeah, I did some research on this town's history. It's not a great place to be a teenager. Dan, run. <laughs> Yeah. Dan should be like, wait, what? What do you mean it's not safe to be a teenager here? Oh, just tons and tons of teenagers have been slaughtered over the years. It's oh, crazy. What? I want to be a part of that. Sure. Dan, get out. <laughs> We're rolling 35. No one to cut ties. You just met these yes. people. Like, I, like I said earlier, the, you have the smallest ties wrapped around these people. Cut it. Just like, cut it and You're go. not even friends. You're classmates. Yeah. Run, dude. Rule number... <laughs> Number 28. Run, bitch, run. Run, bitch, run. <laughs> and he's a truck, so he should be able to run pretty yeah. fast. Drive, bitch, drive. You own a truck. Just go, dude. And a, and a motorcycle, and whatever motorcycle. was on the back. Yeah, a motorcycle on the you back. You have so many modes of transportation that you could use to get out. <laughs> Dan, run. You're one of the more likable characters in this movie because you're completely because, bland. And you don't have completely shit acting. You're, you're fine. Get out. <laughs> quick. Quick. Rick goes to the bathroom, and at the same time, Alice falls asleep in a class about dreams, and where they talk about the dream master. Okay, whatever. Yeah, all she has to do is stay stay awake and pay attention. Like she can learn things here. Yeah, yeah. yeah stay, go, stay in school, kids. Yep. And she and Rick both fall asleep at the same time. Alice wanders into the bathroom, and there's a bunch of cheerleaders there who like burst in on Rick's stall and like laughing at his just, penis. I don't. I couldn't tell if they were laughing or like hugging around him. Or it like, was weird. And he's yeah. just like the fuck. <laughs> but then the he sees the burned body of Kristen. And then the bathroom turns into an elevator yeah. and just drops him. Okay, sure, whatever. It's a dream. Yeah. No rules. I'm fine, no with, rules. I'm fine with these. No rules. Uh, but he winds up in a dojo and has to have a kung fu fight with Invisible Freddy. He eventually, like, he, he's getting his ass kicked, but he eventually manages to kick Freddy's glove off. Which doesn't make sense. <laughs> but sure. I'll tell you what. He is no Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Not many people are. Yeah. And so I, I will say Rick gets a little bit cockier because he kicks the glove off. He's like, yeah, what now, bitch? What are you going to do? Uh, rule number 33, Rick, never assume you're safe. Yeah. Freddy launches his glove through the air at him and it stabs Rick to death. It's a dream. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. And and Rick needs to realize, like, yeah, okay, you, like, temporarily for, like, three seconds stunned Freddy. Congrats. Now do something else. Yeah. Don't just stand there celebrating. Take the second step here. So Rick ends up getting killed. Side note, do you think that Rocky would be able to beat Freddy? Dude, I would. That's a crossover <laughs> event we, we need. Creed 3, it's it's Rocky and Creed teaming up to take on uh, Freddy Krueger. I am here. I'm, I'm on board. 
This is the movie we've always wanted. Ah, yes. <laughs> Yo, Kruger. <laughs> I can I can take him. I can take him. <laughs> Rocky, you got no chance. I can do it. Don't call off the fight. <laughs> I want this movie to happen. Take him in the street. <laughs> yes, Rob, we'll go full Rocky Five, and we'll have a street fight. Please, let's let's do this. Sure. I'm in. I'm I'm sold. <laughs> so Alice wakes up uh, back in the classroom, and she, and she was, knows she absorbs Rick's spirit, so she knows. And then all the classroom windows explode. What? Why? Uh, because Rick died. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so the next day, or I guess a couple days later, we're at the funeral. Alice, Debbie, and Dan are all there. And Alice has a daydream about Rick actually faking his death and being alive. But she's like, okay, no more daydreams. It's time to focus. <laughs> wow, great. That's your character arc, <laughs> great Alice. Great development. Hooray. And, and they never really explained the daydream thing, did they? She just, she's a dreamer. And therefore, she has the per- she's the person you can take on um, Freddy. This always drives me nuts, too. So Alice, Dan, and Debbie, they're all talking. Dan and Debbie are now on board. They know they're in a horror movie. All right. So what do you do about it? Alice says, we have to make a plan. Great. We'll meet at Debbie's tonight at 8. Well, why not right now? How about you just stay here in this graveyard and just figure it out? Yeah. Make your plan right now. Or if you think graveyards are spooky, go to the diner. Yeah, <laughs> just go to the diner right now. And Dan's like, okay, that's a good idea. I'll pick you up at the diner at 8, and we'll go to Debbie's. Well, why not right now? <laughs> Just do something. What What are you gonna do? Do you really have things that are so important? What What is more important? Wh- why? I I do not know. Because basically, doesn't she just like go home and go to sleep or something? Well, she goes home with her her dad. She's gonna go home and realize she knows how to use nunchucks. Oh, that's what yes. that's what happens next. It is now important uh, because Dan and Debbie realize like Alice is like changing. She's because she's absorbing all these personalities, and now Alice is kung fu expert. Okay. Which, which makes sense when you when you know what's going on. Now, the scene after that is where Alice is, like, leaving to go to the diner. Why didn't you go earlier? <laughs> I needed to use the nunchucks. <laughs> okay, just bring Debbie and Dan to your place. Get your nunchucks there. And make your plan there. <laughs> and Alice is like, okay, I'm going to leave. And her dad stops. She's like, no, obviously there's, like, a, a psycho on the loose. Uh, I don't want you leaving the house because I, I was, I've been a shitty dad and now I'm not going to be a shitty dad and you need to stay here. Fair enough. This is dad's... very fair. It's the best move of the movie. Yep. Good, good job, <laughs> uh, dad. You're, you are a drunk, but you are, you're, you now actually care about your kid. He's got the best character development in the movie. Yeah. I thought that he was going to like stop her and he's like, no, it's my fault that he's dead. And I thought we were going to go into like this huge deep dive into how he was somehow involved, involved in the original like yeah. um, scenario. And I'm like, oh, this would actually make a little bit more sense now. No, nope. why Alice is connected more. Nope, not at all. Nope. So Alice is like, okay, fine, I'll stay. Meanwhile, Dan's outside the diner waiting for her. And he's like, of all the towns in America, I had to move to the fucking Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> That's fair. Dan, get out! Dan, you, re- you realize it now. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's too late. Even getting out wouldn't help him. But he, he should have been long gone, yeah. this guy. Well, maybe. You don't know if you're Dan. You don't, you don't know if that would... Maybe. Yeah. That can make you safe. Maybe, it. maybe it's just the town. Rule and, 17. And that, and that Freddy is trapped in the town or That's something. True. Nobody's really tried that. Rule 17, never give up. The next thing you try might work. Yep. Run for it. <laughs> Mix that in with a couple other run bitch runs and you're good to go. <sighs> Dan, Dan, Dan. Uh, and Debbie starts working out. I mean, I guess to, like, deal with the anxiety, she's just working out. Yeah, she always just works out a lot. That was one of the things that I just made a, men- a mental note of, is, like, any comment that she had was always related to working out. She's one character trait. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, try to just be a little bit more deep, Debbie. I work out. She's Debbie, like, we get it. We work, we work out. She's like, I dedicate, like, my life to working out. I'm not going to let him just kill me now because of that. I just want to like, point what? out, like, I have more muscle than her, and I don't work out at all. Also, she had, like... A weight. She was very toned. She was toned. She was toned, but she had like two five pound weights on the bar. They could have been large. Those could have been like maybe ten. Ten, maybe twenties. No way. 25? They were no way they were supposed to be twenty fives. Like are, do you do you actually work out there? Or, or are you just like a total poser? <laughs> just says it. Works out like one day a year or something. <laughs> yeah, I work out. Whatever. Uh, that's my strategy. Uh so Alice sneaks out of the house through the roof, clever enough, and she goes to the diner. Dan's not there. And then she decides to go to a movie. She just walks into the movie theater. Makes sense. What? Why? (laughs) You need to catch a flick. Relieve the anxiety. No. Go to Debbie's house. (laughs) No. She just walks into a movie theater and starts watching this movie. No. It's the the order of things. Before you can meet and make a plan on how to defeat Freddy Krueger. Step one. Go home. 
and get your nunchucks. Okay. Step two, go to a movie. Step three, go and meet with your friends. No! <laughs> that is the order. I've been able to logic my way through a bunch of stuff in this movie. And this is the one I cannot figure out. It makes zero... I cannot understand why she goes to the movie theater. Okay, so before we get in, get into the whole movie thing, at the, after this whole sequence, she wakes up yep. in her bed. Yep. Does that mean that she fell asleep? She fell asleep. She fell asleep, and then in her dream, went out the window and went to the diner. Okay, because how do you let yourself fall asleep? She didn't slept for a couple of days. I understand yeah. that, but she woke up perfectly fine laying on her bed. Yep. Which means that you got into bed at some point. Yeah, don't, don't, don't which means if anyone if anyone has if anyone has been in college before or been in school and has yep. a late night or something like that, don't lay in your the bed. The worst thing that you can do is try to do your homework in bed. You will fall asleep. You will fall asleep in like ten minutes. Rule thirty two, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yep. That counts laying in bed. Yep. Weird. Three so days bad time. on Alice. But okay, she's in a dream. Well, Anyways. in her dream, she knows enough to go to the diner to find Dan. That means she has the wherewithal to focus on her goal. Why did she go to the movie theater? Josh, why does this happen? She needs to know. Needs to know what? It's a movie from like the 30s. It's a black and white picture. Maybe it has the secret of the Dream Master. It's reefer madness. I don't think so. <laughs> what are we doing? Smoking a ton of reefer now? Maybe that's the key. It expands your mind. The point is, this makes no goddamn sense whatsoever. No, it, no, it doesn't. Uh, so she gets sucked into the movie screen, and now she's in the diner. Because, somehow. So now she's in like a ruined version of this diner. There's like an elderly version of herself there, and she's got this fear of being a waitress forever. And Freddy shows up, and he's like, yo, bring me more. And then a pizza gets brought out with all of the souls of the people he's killed. Oh, no, 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 no. Before we get to that... We have a one-liner again. Oh yeah, it's if the if the food won't kill you, the service will. <laughs> but they bring out a pizza for Freddy, and the meatballs are all made of the people he's killed. So he, the Rick meatballs on there, and he's like, mm, "I love soul food." Stabs it with his needle finger and yep, eats it. Eats it, and then Alice somehow brings Debbie into her dream because Debbie fell asleep while working out, I guess. Which they don't show, but apparently. That's what we're doing now. Which would also did not make sense. Like, you're not... I don't care how tired you are. You're not going to fall asleep while you're working out. Yeah. And then he just kind of kicks Alice out of the dream. But not really. He pretends to kick Alice out of his room. Actually, now this is where things start not making sense. Oh. Because they... I, I, didn't even, I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, this is where I don't really know what's going on. Honestly. Because he kicks her out. She wakes up She wakes up bed. in bed. Notice that her shoe's missing. Yep. So she knows that the theater thing happened in the dream. Yep. It was real, whatever. And then she's worried about Debbie. Yep. Because she's, she also saw that while she was in that dream. So she gets out. She runs over to the diner where Dan is. And they drive off. And they get to Debbie's. Alice gets out of the car and runs towards Debbie's house. And then all of a sudden we're back at the diner. And she's running back around the diner. And basically Alice and Dan have gotten stuck in a time loop. And so this is going to happen repeatedly over and over. They're going to get to Debbie's house, and then the scene's going to start over. And it, it happens like four or five times. Event, which is a cool idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like this. But they they eventually figure it out. But then in a little bit, when Alice, when Alice realizes this, she's going to crash her car. Because Freddie's going to be standing in the middle of the road. And Alice is going to crash into him. She, which this is a fine move. Use your car as a weapon, which is rule number 39. Yep. It's great. Uh, might as well try it. And it's going to crash. But it turns out they were in a dream. And in reality, Alice crashed her tr the truck into a tree. So I don't know exactly when Alice and Dan fell asleep here. So did she wake up for real? Yep. And then got to the diner with Dan. Yep. And then said that she was going to drive. Yep. And then fell asleep. And then Dan fell asleep. And then Dan also fell asleep, which doesn't make sense. Yep. Because Dan, I don't think, is sleep deprived. No. So how did he fall asleep? And they... Unless Alice brought him into her dream, even though he wasn't asleep. Because can you bring people into dreams when they're awake? I think so. So maybe maybe she fell asleep. Dan didn't fall asleep. Alice brings Dan in. But Dan doesn't realize that he's brought into Alice's dream, which is when they get stuck in the loop. Yep. And then crash the car. Yes. Uh, I apologize. You need to go watch the movie, I think, <laughs> to understand what the fuck we're talking about. Utter chaos. <laughs> Um, Meanwhile, like, as this is all happening... As this is all happening, Debbie gets attacked, and she's on the workout bench, and Freddie starts pushing the weight down on her, and it cracks her arms, and slowly she starts turning into a cockroach. 
and eventually some, somehow ends up inside of, of a roach motel, which Freddy crushes and kills Debbie. It's a great sequence. Yeah, and this is, and Ryan summed that up very quickly. This yeah. is actually really drawn really out. Really drawn out, really brutal, really disgusting. Yeah. But ultimately she gets killed after getting turned As into a, a, cockroach. a cockroach, which was her worst fear, is bugs. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, that makes more sense now, too. Yep. Love this scene. It looks so cool. Love it. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite scene in the movie, probably. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but for Debbie, she needed to be a little bit more forceful. Well, hey, how about we make this plan now? Yeah. Um, you know, we have a rule that I call, we talked about this earlier, it's rule number 28 is run, bitch, run. And basically what that rule means is you need to move with a purpose. You need yep. to just do things. Inaction will get you killed. And all three of these characters, Alice, Dan, and Debbie, they don't follow this rule. Plan, bitch, plan. Plan, bitch, plan. <laughs> You need to do something, and Debbie just goes and works out. And uh, you know, I'll lay the blame at all three of these characters, but Debbie's the only one who dies yep. of the three. And ultimately, that's what's going to get her killed. It's it's a failure to yep. make a move. She's in action. Yep. Whatever. I I, do, I don't really have anything else for her. She's not super knowledgeable on what's going on. No. I'm shocked that she even believes it. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for her to actually believe that this stuff is going on. Yeah. It's just as believable to assume that Alice is killing people. Yeah. That make more sense. Yeah. So. Sure. That's all I got for her. Whatever. And then we get the car crash scene that we were talking about earlier. Uh, the paramedics arrive and they take Dan to the hospital and Alice goes with and they're trying to put him to sleep. And Alice is like, no, don't do that. He's allergic. <laughs> Knocks the syringe out of the doctor's hand. Doctor's like, um, I'm a doctor. <laughs> a paramedic. Paramedic, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, good on Alice. She's, she comes up with a clever lie. You know, if she had said, uh, Dream Guy's going to kill him if you put him to sleep, that sounds crazy. So she mm-hmm. follows rule number nine, be careful what you say. Comes yep. with legitimate like reason. Like, he can't have that. He's allergic. All right. Uh, good. Uh, something. <laughs> I, I like that. So Dan, they get to the hospital. Dan gets taken into surgery. Somehow their parents have beaten them to the hospital. They're there already. Don't know how that happened. <laughs> Didn't even notice that part. <laughs> Alice just steals her dad's car and drives off. And she, basically what she does is she goes back to the house and gets ready for this fight. She takes some sleeping pills and then she gets all decked out in gear for some reason. I guess it's easier to kung fu fight in jeans than a dress. And she also grabs something from every single person. Yeah. So she grabs the the bug thing from Sheila. She grabs the karate like bandana yep. from should have brought the nunchucks from Rick. Yeah, should have brought the nunchucks. Debbie gave you a bracelet. Yeah, with spikes on it. N- none of this matters except the bug thing. Yeah. But you know, rule number five, lock and load. Sure. You know, that's something. Yep. Might it might work. Next thing you try might work. Maybe. And I'm I'm actually one of the things that I was surprised about is I thought that she was gonna be doing what Kristen was doing. And now I'm it's another fault on the movie because they never came back to this. But Kristen ended up saying, like, I need to go in there, like to the old Elm Street house, mm-hmm. like the real one. And I thought that's exactly what uh, Alice was gonna do here. Was gonna oh. she was gonna get ready and then she's gonna go over to the Elm Street house and nothing ever came of that. Nope. Okay. Nothing <laughs> ever comes of anything. Nothing matters. Pointless scenes. Okay. <laughs> this whole movie's pointless scenes. <laughs> so Dan, he gets put under in surgery, and he tries to fight, like, very, like, eh, no, don't do it. And they just put him out. But he, he's actually wounded. He actually needs the surgery. So that, that sucks for Dan. Yep. <laughs> but he wakes up, and Dr. Freddy is standing over him. He's like, it ain't Dr. Seuss. Alice bursts into the operating room. Through, the, through her mirror. mirror. Somehow. Whatever. That's fine. It, like, getting a little imaginative with how you're filming this. Sure. You know, instead of just laying down and going to sleep. You know, whatever. It's fine. But they end up running out of the hospital room. They end up in this weird, spinny funhouse tunnel that... Yeah. Doesn't matter. Freddy spins it in... Yeah. But they end up falling through this stained glass window into a church. And Dan gets caught. And in the real world, he starts hemorrhaging. So they bring him out of the dream. And he's fine. He's, he's done now. He's just done. Sure, yeah. You didn't, you didn't finish the surgery that was threatening him which is what caused you to put him under in the first place i don't know what the doctors were doing here but now he came out after hemorrhaging and they're like oh no you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> and then dan in the, in the dream world dan just slowly starts disappearing yep. and i'm like oh shit like he's dying nope like i thought that's what that was, that meant and it's like oh no he's just like he's fine he's waking up that sure and if i'm dan i'm just like eh, okay yeah <laughs> i'm not there anymore like i guess i'm okay now i guess like not gonna go in and get Alice. I'm just gonna yep. just stay here and uh, maybe think of a plan. You know, that's fine. Just let Alice move, maybe take care of it. I'd like the move for Dan. Yep. Like not going back to bed. I mean, it's uh, half of a movie too late, but yep. <laughs> do a little bit better, Dan. Anyway, 
<laughs> Alice is now alone in this church, and mm-hmm. Freddy shows up, and they have this big fight, and Alice kung fu is him a bunch, but it doesn't. This is the move. worst final fight I've ever seen. I thought you liked this ending. Uh, no, the fight is trash. Oh, okay, <laughs> uh, it literally has no effect. And he just laughs at her. Yeah. And then they hop up among some pews and they're fighting on the pews. And yeah, the the pew part is the is what I like dislike the most because it was like they were so close to each other. Like yeah. they they were like a foot away from yeah. each other and they're like just kind of like oh yeah like who's gonna who's gonna strike first? They and, they wanted this to be like Star Wars epic and it just wasn't. <laughs> it was very very much the opposite. Uh, and he tosses her across the room after getting uh, sneaking up on her. Uh, rule number two, Alice: constant vigilance. Ah, yes. Uh, oh yeah, because she knocked him down, and yep. she like kind of like where'd he go? And he somehow yeah. stuck behind her. Yeah. You know, dream magic. Dream. You got to keep your head on a swivel here. So she reaches into the wall of the church, pulls out some wiring, and attaches it to her bug device, and fires a laser at Freddy. <laughs> sure. I mean, I guess you can sure. make things work in the dream, like yeah. dream fun. world. It works. No rules, sort <laughs> of. Uh, you know. Might as well just go for it. Uh, and it bursts a hole through Freddy, but he just fixed it. He's like, I'm eternal, so good <laughs> so, luck. Sorry. And then finally, Freddy's about to kill uh, Alice. And then we get the, the Jump Rope Kids choir. And they start singing the Dream Master rhyme, which is basically now I lay me down to sleep, but with a couple of words changed. Yep. The master of dreams my soul will keep. And then I can't remember what the rest of it was, but basically the end of the rhyme is Evil will see itself and die. So she's like, oh, I have to show Freddy his reflection. And that'll kill him. That's very quick thinking. What? Alice must be a genius. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it works. But that's only because the script, the screenwriter ran out of ideas. So yeah, and he's like, I'm going to write in this children's choir to tell you the rhyme that spells it out exactly. And then you're going to pick up on it immediately. And also be right next to it. I, I, I can write a better movie using this exact plot device. You ready for this? They sure. remember the Dream Master Rhyme earlier in the movie. Mm. There's some sort of mythical mirror deep in this church. They have to journey through the dream world. And they're getting picked off one by one in all these dreams. They have Ooh. to find this mirror, though. Boom. That's a, that's a better plot. That's going to be 10 seconds. <laughs> I'm down for it. Yeah, that's that's so much better. Reboot. The reboot. Right, let's remake Nightmare on Street 4 and do this. So, I mean, it works. It, she picks up this piece of, like, mirror stained glass thing and shows Freddy his reflection. Rule 5, lock and load. <laughs> you lock and load with stained glass. And all this this gives the power to all the souls of the people Freddy has killed to come alive and, like, tear Freddy apart. apart. It looks awesome. I love yeah, the yeah. look of it. And Freddy dies. Quote, here. unquote. Um, but all the souls escape. All of his souls escape. Yeah, it's it's just like, okay, I guess we're here. I guess Alice won. Yep. She leaves the church, and the final scene of the movie is her and Dan, and they're dating now. They walk past a fountain, and she briefly sees Freddy's reflection in the fountain, but he's not there, and the movie ends. Yay! And I guess that final that final battle is what uh, redeemed it a little bit, because I'm like, it's clever, I guess? What's like, clever? Well, I mean, it's like, okay, like, yes, you have, like, the reflection thing, you see yourself, whatever, but, like, the way that they had, like, the souls, like, come out of his body and, like, kind of, like trap him or oh. whatever and then they just like kind of like float away and like all that stuff it's like okay okay i mean i like that but like keep in mind that this is like the one shining moment in this giant turd of a movie that of the cockroach and kincaid sure and kincaid was just because it's a character he didn't even do well yeah he didn't do well but he so just, like... that's why it's like sure it the, the ending works for me he does have the best line in the movie that don't mean dick. <laughs> Thanks, Kincaid. Thanks, Kincaid. But that's Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. for the Dream Master. Yeah. So I don't have any new rules for this movie. I This movie doesn't deserve new rules. It doesn't. <laughs> it, there's no logic here, so it's hard to give new rules yeah. when nothing makes sense. So let's get into some awards. First, we have the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, which goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules. This is, of course, based off Randy from Scream, my, one of my favorite movie characters of all time. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Josh, do you have a nomination? <laughs> no. I, I, I am very much struggling with this because... Nobody's very good in this movie. No one is good. Because uh, the biggest trouble is that anyone who was tolerable as like a character, they basically all died with no chance, not yes. knowing what was going on. A lot of people had no chance. So, I think the person who does the best overall is Alice... And I think she almost has to win by default. 
Yeah. Because, you know, she does pick up pretty quickly how this is going, how she can absorb the souls, how, um, like, okay. oh, if I go to sleep, I'm pulling people in, I can't sleep. Okay. She locks and loads and defeats, kicks Freddy's ass at the end somehow. Somehow. D- destroys him with the Dream Master thing. Yeah, you know, she's not perfect. Very much not perfect. You know, she's not going to do a plan now. I don't really know why she's not going to plan earlier. And ultimately, she doesn't really have a plan. She's like, I'm just going to go fight him. And even though she realizes that she's putting people in danger by pulling them into the dreams, she still does it. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. It's it's not great, but... You not know, a great winner. Not at all. We've probably had worse winners, but we've had a million better winners. Yes. Uh, she's definitely going to be in, like, the bottom, I don't know, 10%. Yeah, easily. Bottom, maybe three or four uh, overall for now. But she does some good stuff. She seems smart enough, capable enough to eventually save the day. Yep. So I think by default, Alice is our Randy Meeks Merit Badge winner. I'm fine with that. Yeah. C- congratulations, Alice. And now let's move on to Night of the Living Pleb Award, which goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules. And this is based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead, the worst character of all time. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara. Josh, you have a nomination for the Night of the Living Club Award. Uh, I think you can take anybody. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, we talked a little bit about Kristen. I think she's definitely a finalist yep. for everything that we mentioned. Uh, she broke probably the most um, like amount of mm-hmm. rules. I don't think you can toss like someone like Kincaid or Joey in there. I don't think you can toss like Rick in there. Jeffy and Sheila didn't really know what was going on yeah. a whole lot. Didn't have much of a chance. Honestly, you might have an argument for Dan. <laughs> just just because he broke one rule, but he broke it over and over yep. and over again. Just get out, Dan. Yeah. Come on. Dan is probably second place. I think mm. Kristen's number one, just because Dan's just like, what? <laughs> what's going on? Whereas Kristen knows what's going on. Yeah, there's no... Uh, yeah, I am. I am fully on board with Kristen because she she's been through all this before she and throws before. her entire experience just completely out the window. Yeah, nothing makes any sense. She's actively a menace. She pulls Alice in the dream. She could have ended this whole series. Kristen had the opportunity to sacrifice herself and sacrifice Alice. Even she had two chances to end this series here and now. Yep. she fails spectacularly. I mean, if you want to even take it as far as like, I suggested this in Nightmare on Elm Street two. Yep. You could take this as far as going super dark with it yes. and just offing yourself. Yes. Kill uh, yourself and it's over. Yes. But even without getting that note, she still <laughs> had the chances, like, within the dream. Just, just sacrifice yourself, let Freddy have you, and then, again, let Freddy have you and Alice. It's over. There's nothing you can do about it. But you end the series, Freddy, Freddy's done. Yep. She had the opportunity to end this franchise here and now, and she failed. Thanks, Kristen. Uh, she pulls Alice in the dream for no reason, and she's like, no, I'm not going to do it, and then she does it anyway. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, what? Uh, and then she, she might have accidentally caused all this by digging around and waking Freddy up. Yeah. I oh, think. yeah. Yeah, you mentioned that right away. Like, Kincaid and Joy, they could be alive right yep. now if they didn't have those little planting of the yep. seeds in their heads. So I, we can lame the majority of the blame for this movie and, and the sequels at Kristen's feet. So yeah, I, now that you're saying that, I don't think it's even close. Yeah. So I think Kristen is the night of the living pleb, and she's not so living anymore. Good riddance. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was fun. Nancy was better. Oh, Nancy was so much better. She just... Kristen should have been the one to die in the, at the end of the third movie. Yeah, yeah. We need Nancy back. Not our Nightmare on Elm Street hero. <laughs> okay, Josh. We have an interesting situation here. Because yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street 5 is next, which was reserved by Jordan Ryan. That dick. Yes. I know you're devastated. Yep. Now, if you want, if you're, in, are you still interested in this series at all? Uh, it's tough. <laughs> this, this movie is, it, it really made me uh, think against it. Yes. Um, but I'm, I'm curious whether or not this was the worst movie. Okay. So, so I would be interested in watching it. Okay. Because uh, I talked to Jordan, and he and he likes this idea of the three of us doing a, a, a podcast together. Okay. And talking about that. So if you would like to. Without like giving up your reservation or anything like that, you're welcome Ooh, to join us for that. Free reservation. So you get a free reservation. A couple things you can do. You could jump ahead, because Jordan has five and six reserved for himself. Mm-hmm. You could jump ahead and reserve number Enough Street 7, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, it's called. You can reserve that for yourself and get back at Jordan. Or you could reserve something completely new. Mm-hmm. What would you like to do? I think I will reserve something completely new. Okay. I think I'm going to go with one that I have never seen before. Okay. Um... Because why not? Why why rewatch movies? I'm going to go with the Blair Witch Project. Oh, that's fun. 
You never seen it? Never seen it. I didn't know that. Okay, that's yes, all I want to. I want to. I want to use this podcast as a way for myself to watch movies that a lot of other people have seen before, yeah, and I've never call. seen. That's a good call. That's so, a smart way to do this. Blair Witch Project. That's a fantastic pick. I'm stoked. I didn't realize you hadn't seen that. Okay, that's great. Good, good call. Uh, so now it's time to spin the wheel. The wheel of spooks must be spun. Here's what we have on the wheel: Nightmare on Elm Street Five, The Dream Child, Children of the Corn Five, Fields of Terror, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Four, The Next Generation, Halloween Nine, which is the Rob Zombie remake. Child's Play 3, Leprechaun 2, Saw 4, and Friday the 13th Part 3. Josh, go ahead and spin the wheel. All right, and we get the Halloween remake. Oh boy, Derek's coming back on the podcast, and I'm sure he's going to be absolutely thrilled with this movie. So Derek will be back on the podcast. It'll be a good time. I'm sure he will be just thrilled. All right, well, Josh, thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me. Do you want to give out any social media? Uh, I suppose. Uh, you can find me on whatever, Instagram and Twitter, I guess, at jwessler. That's at J-W-E-H-S-E-L-E-R. Okay. I tweet about things. Cool. Sometimes. You can follow us on Twitter account, on our on Twitter at HowToHorror, and on Instagram at How to Survive a Horror Movie. I actually do have an idea for an Instagram post, not for this one, but coming up soon, I will post something on Ooh. A tease. So you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram there. All right, anything else? I'm good. All right, cool. Now you can tell people to leave, leave you a review. Oh, yeah, leave us a review on iTunes and whatnot, uh, five-star reviews. I think I'm going to start reading those on here now. So leave us a five-star review, and you can hear it on the air. Uh, this has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast. Stay safe out there. Uh, uh, uh.